Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. We are back to two episodes a week. And in this episode, we have Christina from Science Jesus Memes. And I am really excited to talk to her. And so let's dive right in. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm really excited. I got to say, I love your Instagram. I, Thank you. I, it just cracks me up consistently. You kind of came up out of nowhere on my, on my, I, like, I feel like I was following you really early on as well. You kind of uh, cropped up on, on my page somehow. Someone maybe sent you a meme of yours or something. Um, and it's that been really so fun funny. to see more and more people just sharing all your stuff, but your stuff is like really shareable like really shareable um so it's great and, and so it was only when um you started posting more um kind of your thoughts and, and different things not just kind of funny memes that mm-hmm. i was like oh maybe this person would be a great person to have on the podcast because there's some depth here it's not just mm-hmm. funny right um which generally speaking when it's really funny there's probably some depth there going on as well yep. right? <laughs> have you seen that meme where it's like oh gosh uh, something about having trauma and having survived so it made you stronger and the person's mm-hmm. like no it didn't make me stronger but it made me funnier yeah <laughs> so, that's it <laughs> yep, yep. it reminds me of that that's funny that's funny so um tell me about your trauma um oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have obviously started this account so your, your account is science jesus memes if i got that in mm-hmm. the right order yeah mm-hmm. um and you obviously are posting stuff on there for a reason. Um, you know, people don't come out of nowhere just like poking fun, having a jab at like, you know, different uh, components of Christianity, um, stuff like that. Why did you start this account? Like what, what was that? Um, what was that based on? What, what birthed that? You know, where did it come from? So I started with, I was a young earth creationist for the okay. longest time. The Kent Hovind young earth creationist. Nice. Yeah. And then through a series of events, I understood that he's not really an honest person. And like mm. the whole going to jail thing for tax fraud wasn't a red flag. <laughs> My husband doesn't like him and never really liked him or subscribed to him. Right. I was more of like, uh, this person said so, they're a church authority or whatever. So they, you know, they must be right. Um, right. So I started the, uh, when I, when I learned actual science and I was blown away by like the truth of it and the magnitude and like how you know over billions of years the moon crashed into the earth and now we have the moon which is responsible for so many things and that was like I can't even be consistent over eight hours of the work day at work you know and here like God the creator orchestrated these events and whatever mm. to you know to get us to where we are now and I'm like wow this is incredible and so wow, right I was, yeah, I was like really annoyed by the fact that these people are getting away with, with lying to others. And Mm. it gave me that like dualistic view of like, you can't be a Christian if you accept science. So I was always afraid of being Christian was more important to me than anything else. Right. So like, okay, I can't be a Christian. Then I won't listen about evolution or any of that stuff. So it was when I understood that science is truth and there's truth. If it's truth, it's God's truth. Right. Um, Mm. And so that kind of gave me the permission to pursue the scientific knowledge and i wanted to share it with everyone else but everybody in my circle who i know is a young earth creationist and a staunch one at that i mean i even wrote papers in for my youth group about how evolutionists all of hoven's talking points i wrote everything about that kind of amazing Um, you said like a really fun teenager 
<laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> Very passionate about telling you why you're wrong and I'm right. That's how that's I was. That's so funny. Have yeah. you ever been to the, um, is it, is it Hovind that started the, um, the big kind of like uh, creationist, like theme park and stuff like that? Or is, is that, Ken, was that Ken Ham? Ken Ham has the Ark. I've never uh, been okay. there. Yeah, I've never been there. That when feels like started... it's Mecca for young earth creationists, right? I mean, it it's like, yeah. I, I want to go so much like words can I just love stuff like that like mm -hmm. I love a good museum anyway but a museum like founded on just like ridiculousness mm -hmm. just sounds like the funnest place in the world to go that's my Disneyland you know <laughs> um so yeah okay no wow so you were like in deep um oh, super did, deep. Yeah. were you like born and bred in the Christian church in that kind of bubble or how yes. did you end up there my so um I was born I think this is where I have a very interesting background because mm. I was born in Ukraine and my family okay. is Protestant and Ukraine is largely um, Orthodox. And so when I was seven, my family actually got refugee status through this one program that allows people to immigrate to the States under refugee status if they were, uh, if they experienced religious persecution. Right. Under Soviet rule, my parents did uh, experience a lot of like discrimination, some persecution, um, if you brought your child to church, you would be fined per child or whatever, stuff like that. Their church was actually leveled at one point. And wow. from what I understand, it's because it wasn't up to code, but it was, but it was this whole like conspiracy thing, yeah. um, which did happen in Soviet Union. And so when we moved to the States, um, we were given these tapes by Kent Holvind. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, he doesn't copyright his stuff. He gives it away for free. So it must be true because, you know, he's just, there's this urgency, you know. Right. Um, and so when we moved, a lot of people from our old church in Ukraine moved with us. So like 50% of our new church was like people from our village, you know, wow. uh, which was really, yeah. So this That's bubble weird. became even more of a bubble and we didn't really uh, interact with the world around us. We did go to a public mm. school. Um, but everything we did was around the church. All of our friends were around the church and my parents, there's the language barrier, right? So we, we speak Russian. Right. Um, so I wasn't really allowed to have friends over who were Americans. And when I did have friends over who were Americans, my parents were so scared, like, oh, what, what are they going to tell you? They have to be Christian. And if they're, I remember once telling a friend of mine, we had to work on a project together, which wasn't really a friend. Um, and I think I was in eighth grade or something. She told me she's Catholic. And I'm like, well, you're not a real Christian. Right. So, yeah. So I was yeah. like that, you know, and that's yeah. what we believed. We believed American Christians are not real Christians because they raised their hands during worship. So okay. Like yeah. Gosh. Charismatics and charismatics are not real Christians. Mm -hmm. So it was very like, we are the right way. Everybody else is going to hell and you better stick to us because, you know, wow. There's no other way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's how I got there. Pretty fundamental, though. So super yeah. fundamental, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so, how um, how has your journey kind of um, is, was it just you kind of going? Nah, not sure about this guy Hoven. Like, or or was there more to it in that you kind of like unraveling some of your um, your fundamentalism, your, mm. your kind of young Earth beliefs, your exploring yeah. science and stuff like? That. How did that kind of play out? So what happened was I moved from my little city okay. in Pennsylvania, from my little community, everything I've known. My dad is one of 10 kids and eight of them, no, seven of them, 
a lot of them live in the same city, right? So our birthday parties, any family gatherings wow. would be a minimum of like 30 people because oh, that's just dad's brother and mom's brother and their kids and their kids' kids. So like it was always everything around family and everybody believed the same. And so it was good and comfortable and it was great. Mm. And then I moved, I got married and moved to Canada. Okay, and so, wow. And we went from going to church twice on Sunday, Tuesday for youth group, Thursday for uh, church Bible study, Friday sometimes for prayer meeting, and then Saturday three hours of choir practice. That's quite a choir practice. Yeah, it was really That's fun though. Legit. Yeah, yeah, it was really <laughs> good. Um, and then we went. We didn't have a car when we moved to Canada. When I moved to Canada, I didn't have a car, and it went to once a week. Sometimes not even going to church because it wow. would take an hour and a half on the bus. The church that we liked. There were probably other churches sure. around. But yeah, so I went to like huge community and bubble to, and it was primarily, my city was like very, very white, very American. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we had black people also in the city, but like in my school, I think I had two black guys or wow. three or something. Yeah. And it was like out of a thousand kids. So it was very, very, very one type one way and then i moved to canada and there's like everybody wow. and everybody's just existing together and living fine and like life is great so it was a culture shock yeah and then i started meeting all these people who are really nice people but they're not christians and i'm like how how are they nice like my boss was so generous to me like she'd She'd tell me to go home early, like go home at 4.30, but on your time card, just write that you left at five. So she'd pay me extra 30 minutes. And I'm like, why? Why is she so generous? And she had a gay son. And I'm like, what is going on? Like does not compute, you know? <laughs> Only yeah. evil people have gay sons. What is, exactly. What's happening? Yeah. And are accepting of their sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that took a lot of, it was just confused. I was still yeah. holding on to everything I knew, right? Um, oh, when we got married. My husband and I we went to our to our honeymoon, and we were sitting in this synagogue in Europe, this like museum slash synagogue, and there was a Bible in front of us for some reason. I don't remember, or maybe we pulled it up on our phones. I don't know, mm. but it was about Noah's Ark, and I just watched something from Kent Hovind about Noah's Ark, so I was going to impress my new husband with my superior knowledge of what right. happened with the worldwide flood, and he tells me I don't really believe that, and like everything oh, inside me was like oh my god i married an atheist like that's exactly what i thought that's so, amazing so i have all these like conflicting things happening and then i'm thinking well as a good christian wife i should just show an example and then maybe he'll come around mm. to believing the truth kind of thing i wasn't really like forceful with any of this it's just thoughts in the back of my head kind of right yeah so that was um that's that was intense though of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, but going into the the marriage, you were like, "Oh, he's on the same page." It's everything, mm -hmm. and then he just yeah, drops his bombshell. Your your idol, and he doesn't even he's yeah, not yeah, on yeah. the page at all. We talked about this stuff, kind of, but never in enough detail to really figure out what each other believes, which is probably wow. not the greatest thing. That's hilarious. But, yeah, like it, it didn't matter really to our to our relationship at that point. I mean, it still doesn't matter, obviously, because I completely differently but yeah that's wild that's really wild so do you have um were you educated at college and stuff like were you exposed to a lot of other 
um, kind of like scientific teachings, like in school and stuff like that? Like, how did you process all that kind of stuff? Like, because I remember when I was at university, I did um, my first year, I did artificial intelligence and robotics. And oh, in my artificial intelligence class, they laid out how evolution works. And it's basically the foundation of how we're working with artificial intelligence. You mm -hmm. work as a simple organism and you allow it to kind of like um, complex, Evolve. you know, yep. as, as time goes on. And they're like, well, this is just how it works in, in the world, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember like, I, and I, I want to die inside thinking back. Like I, I really want to die inside. I hope no one remembers this apart from me. But um, I remember going, uh, that's actually not true. And I had like this fight with the course leader who's like an expert in artificial intelligence and probably knows evolution inside and out compared to me. And I'm like trying to argue with him that like evolution isn't true. And I'm just like, thinking back, I'm like, I just want to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. Like, I'm just like, that is the most embarrassing, <laughs> awful, you know, when you like are so embarrassed for yourself in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time I was like, I am fighting God's fight, you know? Yes. Um, and, and so, I can kind of sympathize with you. I, I, I had very extreme views about these kind of concepts growing up as well. Like, what was that like for you when you were exposed to, you know, in, I, I presume, were you in a school? Were you homeschooled? No, I, <laughs> I was not homeschooled. Um, right. But Oh, you mentioned I, going to school, didn't you? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah public school. Um, I remember sitting in fifth grade where they start like, geology and whatnot and I remember looking at the textbook and it was making sense that mm. obviously there was a process you know because God created it poof it kind of didn't make it yeah great God create but how like I want to I want to see the ingredients I want right. to see the mixing the baking everything you know but it was just God did it here's the cake and that wasn't good enough for me. I'm just naturally very inquisitive. I, right. I like to, things need to make sense. They need yeah. to be logical. The first couple me. of chapters, Genesis, are very disappointing on that level, right? If you're going to read it like a scientific text, it is yeah. very disappointing. You're like, okay, but slow down. Like, how did he make a person out of dust? Like, you know, yeah. like, can we look at that? You just skipped ahead to the breathing bit. I want to know mm -hmm. what's going on. Or, you know, like, where are the dinosaurs? You kind of skipped the dinosaurs here. I'm sure they're in there somewhere. Like, yeah. yeah. And I remember looking at my textbook and it was pictures of uh, the earth, how it was like this magma bubbly state and then asteroids hitting the earth and whatever. So it was an illustration of the early earth, you know? Mm. And I remember just looking like, but where do Adam and Eve fit in? I was trying to make it work, but it wasn't working. So I went home and I rewatched Kent Hovind's videos and he debunked the gap age a theory, you know, yeah, you know that one. Yeah. Um, he debunked all those theories, yeah. right? And he's like, no, it's six so literal days. Gap is like there was a whole world, and then like before, in like he speaks, like then that's kind of like no, the gap was that the gap was. I think I think it's the creation of the universe, the Earth forming, and that happened over millions of years. Like so, there's right. a gap between the first day and the other days, and right, then that's right. okay. And then after everything formed, then everything was like days, I guess. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Mm. But yeah, so I was trying to fit it and it wasn't fitting. And then uh, when, I, when I watched the video, basically he explained that, you know, um, that God did it and everybody in the textbooks are lying because they just want to take God out of it and da, 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 da. And so that scared me and I was like, okay. And then one thing that I remembered was to uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones. So learn what you need to learn for the test and then forget it. 
And that's right. kind of what I did. That, that was my mantra. That's how I, I don't know how I did in science. It was interesting to me, but there was always that like, this is all deceptive. Don't believe any of it. So mm -hmm. I never really studied it as much in depth, you know, because it was all the foundation was the Big Bang Theory and evolution, which are not true. So that means everything else is false, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I went through school. And then I didn't, um, didn't go to college. I went to a trade school and I had nothing to do with evolution. So sure. I never kind of encountered it again. The only thing that did happen was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, uh, science, earth sciences teacher, where he talked about the geological, everything about geology, right? And he was a Christian and oh, wow. he believed in evolution and the Big well, Bang. Not a real Christian then. Not a real Christian. <laughs> and I came up to him after class and thankfully I didn't say anything in front of the class so i didn't i don't have a moment like you did but right. i remember telling him like wait mr hall you're lying to people like how can you be a christian and be okay with the fact that you're sending all these kids to hell mm. like i was really really like trying to you know punch yeah or drive it home right and uh he was so gracious to me and i was i still remember that i'm like mm. this is so interesting he's not like fighting me on it he's not trying to prove me i'm wrong and so that kind of stuck with me for a long long time um and then what happened was like i forgot about it all didn't really care even when the uh ken ham and uh what's his name bill nye debate came up remember that oh, 2015 or 13 vaguely or i hate those debates i never watch debates with like apology i just it just gets so frustrating yeah um, but i do remember that being a big big thing yeah it was humongous and i even then I would have watched it, but something was just like, eh, whatever. Um, but I do remember telling my dad, like, because my dad watched it, and I remember telling my dad, well, at least the word of God was preached on live television. Mm -hmm. Yay, kind of. Who cares about the science? So I went on with my life, and then when I became a mom, the whole vaccine thing was a big question for me. Right. Right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. in my circle, of course, there's a distrust of authority, distrust of not even understanding science and so i started looking into it and my sister-in-law she actually was studying like public health um okay and wow. so she explained to me i remember telling her like well they put they put all these ingredients so they can make more money because they are making everybody sick and they are causing mm. autism da, 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 da. and she's like wait 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 slow down and she explained everything to me like why would anyone do this on purpose all these people mm -hmm. scientists who are working um they have children themselves they have friends themselves like there's way too many people for some kind right. of conspiracy to yeah. like you know they can't single out who they want to affect and like protect themselves and their families because like there's just too many people involved and too mm. much involved you know and that started me thinking and through so I learned, kind of started learning science. I was reading scientific and non-scientific papers about vaccines and how they work and sure. how you can trust them and like the, the risk factors and all of that stuff to consider. And it kind of demystified everything for me. Sure. And that was like my gateway into right. actual science. And then I learned about the Big Bang through He Ross. I don't know if you know him. Okay, no. He's a, he's actually Canadian. He's a PhD in astrophysics astrophysicist um and he believes he accepts big bang but he doesn't accept evolution which is interesting, right. interesting. but i was that was all you know evolution is a heck no at that point yeah well that's probably a good thing right so you're like oh so he doesn't believe this one thing that i'm not even going to go there yeah, yeah, he, yeah okay i can explore this you know sometimes it's like it takes the person that's kind of like 
a little bit on your side for you to even start exploring. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so when he explained about like science and stuff, it all made sense because he didn't need to make up facts. He didn't need to cherry pick anything. It's just like, this is what we know. This is how we can test it. And this is how we can predict it. And this mm. is how we can prove it. And it all lined up. Like I didn't yeah. have to go 15 pages deep into Google search to find something to like tell me about Noah's flood or whatever, you know? Sure. And so that was my gateway. And then I found Biologos. Do you know Biologos? No. So Biologos is a Christian organization. Um, it was started by Dr. Francis Collins. He was in charge of the Human Genome Project when they mapped right. the DNA, right? Okay. So he's actually a Christian, an evangelical Christian, and he started mm. Biologos so people can explore science and faith. And he accepts evolution. He accepts the whole thing, right? Because sure. he's, he's a geneticist. Right? right. I mean, yeah. yeah. You kind of have to. I mean, the what, once you're that deep into that kind of data set, you're like really hard not to kind of see some overlapping components. Exactly. Yeah. I think I listened to um, uh, a podcast with, are you familiar with Rhett and Link? Good Mythical yes. Morning on yes, YouTube? Yes, yes, yes. And I think they mentioned um, uh, Biologos. Biologos, and, the uh, language of God. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's fascinating, really. Do you know what's really interesting about this? Though? So this is fascinating to me because um, – you know, something like vaccines is a, is a great example of how people will find what they want to find and they are not going to explore what they don't want to explore unless it's to prove it as wrong, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so when you are, you know, brought up with such a um, rigid anti-scientific kind of bent, just because science is trying to deceive us, right? Science is trying to prove that, that, that the earth is billions of years old. Science is trying to prove that we're just monkeys or, you know, whatever kind of like, you know, ridiculous kind of yeah, like yeah. Um, things it said. And so automatically you're, you're, you've got this persecution complex that science is out to get us. And like Everybody, you're saying, you know, yeah, the yeah. entire scientific community of millions of scientists all over the world are secretly trying to take down everyone, including their own kids. Um, yeah. th it's fascinating to me that you were able to, and then maybe with a, a good chunk of help from your sister really probably did help, but even still to, I know plenty of people that have their, their family members going, mm, like, try and think about this a bit more rationally. And they just can't break through that kind of cognitive dissonance, you know, that, that confirmation bias, you know, the, mm -hmm. the fact that we are just looking for what we want to believe. So the fact that you managed to start kind of breaking through that and managed to kind of um, look at different data sets and go, well, yes, there's arguments against this and there's arguments for this, but who's actually, uh, you know, someone that knows what you're talking about, you know, who, you know, a lot of things that people somehow seem to miss that, that logical, rational extra step mm -hmm. because they're wanting to confirm what they want. Like, do you have insight into why you think you managed to break through that? Like, do, do you know what was going on? One thing that I m might have happened is um, because I'm from Ukraine, from a small town, all of that stuff, there's a lot of weird things that we do and a lot of like wives' tales kind of things that we do when we have kids. Okay. And so I think when I became a mom, I was trying to understand why we do this. Maybe maybe because I'm a little bit on the lazy side and if like this is extra steps that doesn't do anything for me, I'm not going to do that. I cut it out, yeah. Yeah, and so like for example – uh, I was told by a family member when I have my child, bathe him, I have to boil water, put it into his bath. It has to be a separate bath. It, it cannot be my bath. Um, okay. It has to be just for him only. 
Uh, so put the boiled water into the bath and let it cool off and not use water from the tap to wash him. And then when I wash him, I have to wrap him in the swaddle, put him in the water. Um, and so he's always in the swaddle and wash him like that. And then <laughs> your face is like, what? I'm like, okay, this is yeah. interesting. And then take him out when he's bathed, put him on a, on a uh, swaddle, wrap him, let him sweat for 15 minutes, and then quickly rip everything off and put his clothes on. That kind of sounds good. It kind of sounds like a little like mini like sauna kind of experience, you know, yeah. like I, I get it. I like it. So, <laughs> sounds is, like a lot like, of work for you though. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it made no sense. And like there couldn't be any drafts in the house because he's going to get sick. That was always my biggest thing. Like my parents... For some reason, your Europeans have this thing, like if there's a draft, an open window, and a child is in the room, they're going to get sick. The cold oh. air, just the movement of air is going to make you sick. So <laughs> it never made sense because, like, I'd go outside. Oh, one thing, another thing was, like, if you take a shower, you have to wait two hours before you go outside so your body cools off. And, like, there was all these little things, little, like, traditional medicine wise sure. tale things that we did. And it just, like, why? Does it really work? Do I have to do this? Because it's kind of annoying and it's a lot to think about. Mm. Um, so maybe that's kind of what started, like, these little cracks in my foundation, sort of. Sure. Um, I just wanted to know what made sense and what didn't make sense, you know? Sure. And if it makes sense, I'll do it. And if there's evidence for it, I'll do it. But if it's just because that's how we did it, it and I don't, I don't want to do it and I don't have to. Sure. So I think that attitude maybe helped me mm. kind of apply this to my whole entire life, you know, and sure. that included the whole science stuff. And um, I remember my husband and I, we were watching some documentaries about earth and space and exploration and stuff. And I was still kind of holding on to my young earth creationism stuff. Mm -hmm. um at that time but i just remember like learning about it and be like wow this is incredible this is like if they're lying to this degree like can you even make this up you know right so, it's pretty wild it's a wild yeah. story yeah a lot of things i think it's just a lot of things that kind of you know clumped together and became this big thing that mm. kind of helped me to topple everything else because i've heard that before that like it's it's very hard to just shift your your mind but it happened very very little steps a little bit yeah. here a little bit here and then everything just kind of yeah went. well i mean it's again and again people will point to but look there's a they'll, they'll they'll go oh but a doctor said this or a scientist says this right so how many people go oh there's a scientist that believes in young earth and it's like mm -hmm. okay sure there is but generally speaking you like just randomly pick a scientist in almost any field at utter random and you're going to yeah. generally speaking land on someone that's going to go yeah probably not young earth right exactly. even if they're a christian they're going to be like well yeah i'm a christian but probably old earth like yeah. you know and then it's the thing of like oh and the scientist that you've picked is a expert in i'm trying to think of um something that's scientific that's probably not that linked to evolution um it's hard isn't it because like what isn't um but, you know, like, maybe it's, it's, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, but this person, like, you know, if, if they're a, yeah, a geologist, a biologist, a geneticist or whatever, like they're going to have more credibility than a scientist in another field. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I, I once um, was talking to my sister-in-law and at the time she was doing her doctorate and she was studying, I think, heart disease or something. And so she like, I don't know what they do, put bits of heart on like a Petri dish and look at oh, it. Okay. I, I don't know. 
maybe kill some rats or I don't know. I don't know what scientists do when they're researching, but <laughs> this is why I'm not an expert. Exactly. Um, but I remember sending her something. I was reading something and I, I'm like just a geek. I love reading like all sorts of different things. So I, I was reading this white paper on something that was like biological. I can't remember what something to do with lungs or something. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to her. I was like, Hey, like, what does this mean? I think it means this, but could you like, kind of like, just let me know what you think. And she was like, Oh, like, she's like, why are you asking me? She's like, I would never be able to comment on that. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like an expert at like biomedical like mm -hmm. study and research. And she's like, yeah, on hearts. Why would I ever be able to comment on lungs? Maybe I have more to say than someone else. And she's like, mm -hmm. you start to a lung expert. Like, and yeah. so it's like if that window between a heart and a lung is big enough for a scientist to go, mm, I'm not confident enough to make a big statement about that. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing that we would then listen to someone that's like a geologist, give their opinion on a lung. Or, yeah, yeah. you know, a doctor, give, like, you know, a, a biomedical scientist give their opinion on some rocks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, these are just because scientists, that's a very broad world, right? Exactly. Um, and yeah. so you have these people going, oh, a scientist agrees with me in this area. It's like, or a doctor mm -hmm. agrees. And I'm like, well, my mother-in-law is a doctor in English literature. I would not <laughs> let her diagnose whether I was sick or not. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it is fascinating how um, we can just jump on like this like oh we've got a scientist but then we're very quick to dismiss 99 percent of scientists and go oh the scientists aren't trustworthy i'm like yeah trust the one scientist you found because mm -hmm. um, there are like uh answers in genesis the arc people they employ yeah. actual phds who are young yeah. earth creationists they have yeah. an astrophysicist phd i don't know if he works for them exactly but there's one in particular he is a young earth creationist mm. and so they're um then you see that when you're in that world, you're like, oh, he's going against the grain. Yeah. He's um, this martyr, you know, he's standing fighting. up to big science, you know? Exactly, exactly. And so like that just confirms everything for you. But mm. for me, I know someone who's doing a PhD and Kent Hovind always said that he's a doctor, he has a PhD. And after knowing this person who's actually doing a PhD and seeing all the work that goes into it and seeing the schools that this person is attending, I decided to dig up Hovind's PhD. Have you ever seen his seminars? No. no. Okay, so his seminars start like this. Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. I'm from Pensacola, Florida, and I do something, something, something. That is his opening sentence for his PhD. Hello, my name is Kent Hovind. I'm from Pensacola, Florida. And I'm like, wait, this is not a PhD. This That's is a not, seminar. It's not the language of an academic paper, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I found out that his uh, credentials are from an unaccredited school. It's a yeah, private Christian go. school. Yeah. And so everything, it just, everything happened at the same time. Everything kind of got demystified. I saw scholars and academics as people who are just trying to learn. They don't really mm -hmm. care to do, disprove something except for like, you know, Richard Dawkins, maybe he's kind of militant. Sure. We all have <laughs> like our desires, our, our beliefs or whatever. Yeah. But generally speaking. Generally yeah. speaking, they're all just people who want to learn something. They're fascinated about something. They don't care about disproving or proving anything. You know, they just want to learn and live their lives. And so once all of that kind of fell away, um, it, like my world just completely shifted. Mm. And then I was talking to a friend, actually a Christian friend, and we were meeting up for coffee the first time. And she's like, so tell me about yourself just tell me about your history where you come from were you always a christian and she, she's like a friend from church and so i told her kind of how i grew up and whatever and she goes oh so you were fundamentalist 
And that was the first time that I heard that the way I believed was fundamentalist. Right. And uh, I knew about fundamentalist and I was like, heck no, I am not yeah. a fundamentalist. That's a bad then, word, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember even sharing that with my dad. I'm like, can you believe my friend said that we're, we're fundamentalists? And my dad's like, no, we're not, you know? And so I started thinking about that. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be a fundamentalist. I don't like that. I don't want to be associated with that kind of mentality, that kind of like hatefulness and that kind of I'm going to prove that I'm right. Because my desire to prove that I'm right um, went away already. Once I realized, mm. once I learned a little bit of science, I realized that I know absolutely nothing and I would never will. Right. You know? right. I never will know anything because there's just so much and everything is just so fascinating and deep. Yeah. And so I was kind of ready and primed for the bigger questions, for other questions. And, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, if all of this stuff that I learned about, you know, having a baby, a lot of it isn't true. I was just handed it down. What about? other things as well mm-hmm. um and as a woman in the church this is weird because i was allowed to preach in my church wow. okay it, um it wasn't really preaching i would listen to a sermon in english of like uh do you know elevation church Stephen? yeah Burdick? yeah okay so when he was just starting when their church was just like doubling in numbers like when they had five thousand seven thousand members um i was listening to his sermons and it, they made sense there was a lot of like interesting interesting stuff, contextual stuff, um, and very applicable stuff. Because in my church, in my tradition, a lot of our people were, um, a lot of our preachers. So if you're a member of the church and you're a man, you're probably going to preach at least once in your life in your church. You're going to be asked to preach, right? Um, And the structure of the service was a song. No, No, the choir sings a song. A couple songs we sing corporately three sermons sprinkled with poetry reading and solos in in between the sermons and then closing prayer how long are these sermons Uh, the sermons usually 30 to 40 minutes three of them three of them yeah i love it i love it and they would all be about (laughs) different topics and they would all be anybody like in our churches back home and here um our pastors are not on staff preachers are not on staff so it's these men who have families who have jobs they come home oh shoot i gotta preach on sunday and so kind of some of the sermons were slapdash they were from the heart i'm not saying anything about the intent and the passion but a lot of these men's were not men's men um they were not educated in they didn't have like seminary studies or anything like that they just read the bible and that's the word of god and if i don't understand it i have to pray to understand it and then whatever you know um so I always have had kind of a problem with that. I always liked the explanation-y kind of stuff. Mm. And so when I heard Ferdick's sermons, I was like, whoa, this is interesting. Oh, and in historical, you know, times they would do this and that. And that's why it says this and that, you know. Um, so that was always there. So I would take Ferdick's talking points, turn, translate them into Russian, and then be like, hi. Sometimes I would stand at the pulpit. Sometimes I wouldn't. But our pulpit was in the center of the of the church um and i'd be like hey so uh you know this passage let me tell you a few interesting things here's some information and this is my challenge for you this week so i did that like wow every other sunday but it was evening church there's less people okay Um, it was more of like a casual church setting sort of casual service i guess um so yeah so that was really interesting and i'm like 
And then I read the Timothy thing, I forbid women to speak in your churches. And I'm like, this has to be something, something else to this, right. you know? Well, if you um, flick a few pages forward, it says, except for e in evening services, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. So, it's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. We just make these like kind of weird, like in our heads, we're like, oh yeah, no, but that's only in the formal service or that's only in this service or that's, that's only to men, but not to women or, or, yeah, or it's yeah. only preaching, not teaching. Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm not preaching. I'm just like throwing out a challenge to the church, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I'm not really <laughs> preaching, but I would tell people that I'm preaching. Um, actually, one time we had this like really conservative, mega conservative. Um, he even said that like having a Facebook is from the devil. Um, wow. That kind I of kind preacher. of agree. Yeah, <laughs> he has a point. He does have a point. And he was uh, sitting there in the front with all the other brothers. Um, and I was preaching that night. I was sitting, you know, having a word and he would not even That's look intense. at me. Maybe yeah. I'm imagining it, but I felt that kind of pressure. Like, I know he's against women standing at the pulpit. I know that. And here I am standing at the pulpit with a Bible open and telling people things about what I think, you know? Yeah. And so I remember he was just like, looked at me and then looked away and I would look at him sometimes and he just like never made eye contact and then after that I felt kind of like scared you know intimidated oh god right like, what yeah if I'm not allowed to do what if I'm doing something wrong but wow. yeah so that was also an issue for me and I remember reading about um the the three different interpretations of that Timothy passage mm -hmm. and how it was like just for that church at that time and then there's these other two interpretations and i was like ah oh, that makes sense yeah it was just for that church at that time so then the bible kind of started to come into a different light for me you know mm -hmm. like it's not all literal all for us right now um like the old testament is just for the jews and if it's repeated in the new testament then that's for us as well you know so right. all those laws we don't got to worry about them, you know, just whatever's in the New Testament. And so that kind of gave me a little more clarity. And so same thing, like little bits and pieces here and there and there. Mm. Yeah. Were, so were people around you seeing some of those changes? Or was that very much a thing of like, okay, keep this on the low down? Like, were, like are you, were you still speaking from the front and kind of talking about no, contextualizing no. the Bible or you know going hey there's some other options other than young earth theory just throwing it out there yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of that was when i was when lived when i lived back in the states and right. then when i moved to canada it was just i lost my whole group of friends right and mm. uh, it's really hard to build a community and build friendships in a big city um and so i was kind of on my own in a way i attended church um i attended church pretty regularly here and it was just like a little bit, um, it was all inside. It was all internal. I'd talk about some things with my husband, but there weren't very big changes. They like, mm. you know, I'm just, I'm still a Christian. I'm still in this bubble sort of thing. The biggest thing that started happening is when I learned evolution and when I accepted evolution, I'm like, wait, if there were never more or less than 10,000 modern people, modern humans, um, at any given time and the genetics proves this like this is not a dispute disputable fact what about adam and eve right so what happened to them and did they exist and there's like four theories about that right mm. um and then um what about original sin what was mm -hmm. that you know so if we if we evolved from there was never like this perfect creation that fell 
It was just this imperfect creation that got smarter and was able to make the choice to the conscientious choice not to do evil. So it was actually almost like they evolved. Yeah, yeah. There's this (laughs) upward kind of moral moral morality kept getting, you know, whatever. Sure. Um. And so did that, did that cause like quite a crisis? Because I know, you know, in, I, I've not studied extensively um, uh, different kind of Christian explorations of evolution. I, I've, I've read a few books here and there. I really enjoyed Pete Enns' book. I don't know if you've come across that, um, Evolution mm-hmm. of Adam. Um, I started that one. It was hard to read. Honestly, it, it was one of his earlier books. I think he fell into his um, like light, kind of easy to read style later. Um, oh, okay. But it was still, <laughs> I still found like, some of his style a little bit comical and it wasn't too bad. Uh, Maybe I just read really bad books sometimes, but it wasn't too bad. Um, But you know, that is a huge problem, right? I mean, it's not, I understand when people fight the concepts of evolution as Christians, um, the modern concept of everything was perfect in the garden, Mm -hmm. all went to shit and Jesus made it better again. And you can have it a bit like the garden if you do this, this, and this. Like, and he'll make it that better kind of again concept, later too. Right. That concept, it, it, wherever that comes from, however that's built, because um, that's a big discussion, um, it doesn't work very well. Once you mm-hmm. lose a literal Adam and Eve individuals that screwed up, yes. right? Yeah. It doesn't really hold together. Um, w- was that something that like, w- how did that play out in the mix if you come to terms of evolution? Like, how did you... Like, did you have stages where you're like, oh, I'll believe this or that, mm-hmm. that belief makes me feel more comfortable. And then did that change or how, how did you wrestle with some of these like knock on effects of exploring evolution? So once I understood the science, right. And then I understood Big Bang and there's that whole thing like, well, this person's an astrophysicist and they're an expert in this. So I can trust what they say. Mm-hmm. And he Ross was a Christian too. So I'm like, he's a Christian right. and he believes Big Bang and he's like, really good like remember how i told you about that teacher that i had who's like really gracious and loving yeah, and kind sure. that's Hugh ross i saw him in a debate against kent hovind and the man needs to get like a sainthood or something because Hugh ross was just like so kind and gracious mm. and kent hovind made so many like nasty nasty attacks and Hugh ross was just like whatever you know like he didn't get um angry or anything maybe he was boiling on the inside but he was just like (laughs) all right that's you know your opinion you can think that um and so that gracious kind of dialogue is what kind of got me and then when i started exploring evolution i listened to uh francis collins and francis collins Mm -hmm. also very gracious and very like um also stays in his lane you know like uh there's a lot of what i noticed with these scholars is like some things we just don't know and we're not mm-hmm. trying to make them fit, you know, and we're not trying to make these two pieces fit just so we have an answer because it's okay not to have answers. Right. And so I was like, okay, so I settled into that, like, it's okay not to know something, not to be mm. firm in something that you're not firm in, you know? Um, so I started looking into evolution and when I understood the science behind it and the evidence, like the evidence was clear. And so maybe I still applied my dualistic thinking to that. I still have that, you know? But I'm like, okay, so if this is the evidence, then all this other stuff that I believe probably isn't true. So I have to look through everything. Um, mm. And the way I explain it to my friends and to you know anybody who knows about my deconstruction is like, imagine you have this big bookshelf and you knocked it all down. 
and you have books and you have knickknacks and you have everything. Now this shelf is empty. You still have like the framework of the shelf, but it's empty and you have to sift through all this stuff. You have to look through everything, what you want to keep, you put it back on the shelf. Yeah. But then you might not want it there. You might want it there. And so it's just this process of looking at this pile of stuff and being like, oh my God, I have a lot of work to do, you know, and I'm a mom and I have a job. So right. Yeah. yeah just yeah. do that work the whole time. I can't devote myself to this, you know? Sure. Um, so yeah, once, um, once I accepted evolution, it was kind of like, okay, what, what about all this other stuff? And Biologos has some really uh, good material about like what views there are, the problems with these views, like where scripture mm. um, supports certain views and whatnot. So that was kind of helpful. But then the more I studied evolution and humans and just history, the more everything kind of like Christianity kind of got demystified that there are so many other religions and they all came about in a similar way. Like the mm-hmm. ancient ancient Jews, they had a pantheon of gods. You know, like yep. you read about Baal, who's Baal, you know? And then when I learned, when I would read back when I was like super evangelical, I would read about Baal and say, it's, you know, the mythical god of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is a lie. Wikipedia, you don't know what you're talking about. He's a real god, you know, he's a horrible god. Um, so I, I wouldn't accept any of that. But now I'm like understanding that these people had so many gods that they believed in, but, yeah. you know, Elohim was the god, the truest god, you know? Yeah. And so seeing that and there are other religions that do the same thing, I was like, wait, is it all a human construct or is mm. it not? And so I had this one moment where I'm like, I don't even know if I believe in God. And I was like holding my son, rocking him to sleep. And I just like, you want your little one to have a great life, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I would always pray. But here I'm about to pray and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know who I'm praying to. Like, God, if you exist, I don't even know if you exist. Like, just make sure my little kid is okay. You know? <laughs> and I remember I went to my husband and I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't know if that exists. Oh. Oh but that, like, after thinking about it, I'm like, it makes sense that there's a power, that there's mm. some kind of someone, something behind it all. Everything's just so beautiful and complex not to have, you know, not to have a power behind it. I'm just not sure if what we see in the Bible is what, you know, sure if it's the perfect description of it or exactly yeah. it's just maybe a fragment and these fragments are of from humans who think that that's how god is you know so yeah. everything just became so much more fuzzy and foggy and very ambiguous you know that was a big word for me yeah <laughs> i use it all the time like it's just there's a lot more ambiguity in everything yeah yeah well i, I think that's a much more um scientific position you know we talk about academic papers like maybe Kent Hovind's not a great example of that. Um, but like, you know, I, I, I came across a paper the other day that um, they did a study and it was like 10,000, you know, people that had studied on and they basically came out like 99.6% um, like had proven their hypothesis. Like, so it's like astronomical, you, know, you don't see that kind of percentage ever. Like it just never happens that you see such a clear cut, like, you know, yes, your hypothesis is correct. Mm-hmm. And yet still, and it made me laugh because I'm like this, I wish I could show this to people that don't understand, you know, this concept. Still in their like conclusion, they were like, this shows that we may have um, some evidence to show that we're correct in our hypothesis. And you're like, yeah, dude, yeah. you've got 99.6%. You're right. 
You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. regular Joe Phil is like, yeah, you're right. If I had got that percentage, I'd be like, hey, everyone, I got the answer. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just like, no questions. I'm right. Everyone, look at my data. I'm right. You know, yeah, um, yeah. but a true academic scientist will still use such um soft, ambiguous kind of probably, like, maybe, probably, maybe, may, yeah, my, yeah. It, it, it suggests, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it just fascinates me like mm-hmm. that that I just I love that approach now I do think in general like it's a good way to live your life as though certain things are true right live your life as though gravity is true if you're thinking about jumping out a 30-story window don't (laughs) you know like yeah it's probably true but but at the same time like having these kind of like we don't really know everything and let's Mm -hmm. explore that let's let's look into that a bit more like yeah um, I really love that I think Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful way to see a lot of life um yeah it's, it's fascinating but it is terrifying because you know, if you look at oh how Protestant faith works, it is that we we have an answer. If we if we agree on that answer, we're fine. We're going to go to heaven. If you don't agree on the answer, you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically Protestantism summed up, right? It's it's an intellectual uh, agreement on a certain set of beliefs. Now that could mm-hmm. be one belief or twenty beliefs or a thousand beliefs. You know, who knows? Depending on the Protestant movement, right? Um, and and so you know, when you start to go, well, maybe it means this, or maybe it means that mm-hmm. this is a huge problem, right? Yeah. And it's a massive problem because you're now, you know, dangerous ground. Are you still in, are you still going to the heaven or are you going to hell now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here like, I don't know if any of those exist, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and yeah. what even is that? Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fascinating. Did, did you have, um, did you have fears as you were kind of going through that of like, oh crap, like I might be going off the deep end, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a big thing. Like it just, it's just something that happened to me. It's like, I didn't go out reading heretics or anything like that, right, like yeah. on purpose. Right. Um, so once the whole God thing happened, um, that was, in august maybe of last year or two years ago i don't really remember um but then a few days of just thinking about it i was like no there's probably a god definitely a god um but i never gave up on the idea of jesus and like i still believed in jesus it was kind of weird i believe in jesus but not in god um but i never (laughs) when you say you believe in jesus what did you mean in in the sense that he was he was god or deity or just that he existed or everything everything yeah yeah, i still held on to all of that even though i'm like oh what if god doesn't exist you know i was still like isn't that weird but my whole god crisis was like for three days and I was kind of like live through that. I, I know people are working through this like for 10 years and are still like, I don't know when this is going to end. It, you know what? It might, maybe that was too big of a question for me. Like, God, that's, that's everything. You know, that's the whole, like, am I a theist or atheist? No, of course I'm a theist. Maybe that was too big of a question for me at mm. first. I still had to deal with all these other little things. Um, so it just kind of went on with my life. And then one time standing in church singing about the blood of Jesus and I love singing I was in choir like I cry at every single song you know especially if it's like a powerful song there's a bridge it's a great like, oh. great component of a choir uh, singer is just blubbering like a you know crying <laughs> <Yeah>. away <laughs> yeah like oh Jesus thank you oh my god you know like I would always <laughs> cry at all those beautiful songs because they're powerful you know and as I started becoming more sciencey I started understanding that 
it's a lot of it is in your head, you know? Mm. Um, so there's just so much stuff that was playing into my whole journey. Um, and then standing in church, listening, singing the song, all my emotions went flat. Mm. Everything just inside me was like, like kind of laughing almost like you don't really believe this do you and i remember i stopped i'm like what are you doing brain shut up you know like why what is happening you're gonna take us both to hell shut up (laughs) they might hear i'm literally singing about what i believe and here's my head just like no you you don't you actually don't believe any of this wow and i was just like whoa 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 slow down and that's when the doubts really started happening. That's when I allowed myself to wonder about Jesus and his divinity. Um, mm. Like his existence, I'm pretty sure like most scholars are like, yeah, there did exist a, na- a man named Jesus, you know, but like everything else, just that random moment in church and gave me the permission sort of to explore everything else. Cause I was not letting sure. myself touch that it was like I, you know what i don't want any more problems i'm good with the science stuff but then it just happened it just mm. came to me i didn't go to to this question yeah. you know um and that was really hard um that I, it did feel like i'm falling like the slippery slope yep i definitely sure. was i was being pushed down this hill and these rocks everywhere and i had nothing to hold on to because mm-hmm. everything before that I did all the certainty that I had was gone, you know, in my scientific yeah. stuff and whatever. Um, so yeah, that was really difficult. Like I, like this informed everything that I did before. And yeah. I don't know what does that for me now. And I remember just thinking of it, like I'm at the bottom of some pit, but I can't see because it's foggy and it's night. And the only thing I can feel is that my rock, my feet are in some kind of rocks. It's not even steady ground. And that's how I felt kind of when I questioned, like, does God exist? And then when this whole Jesus thing happened, I'm just like, I went even deeper to a darker and lower place, you know? And it's just like, I don't know anything. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's true. And it was just like, it's still scary. Like, now I kind of have a little bit more clarity. It's been maybe, maybe six, seven months since that whole initial like oh my god but yeah it's it's hard being someone who knows everything for certain (laughs) and then you don't and you don't know what to do with yourself and yeah emotionally it is very challenging and um i don't know if you're familiar with science mike yeah yeah. like my heart yeah so i remember listening to one of his podcasts and he was saying that like when you change a worldview or a belief a very important belief your brain literally has to rewire. And so I have 30 years of wiring in a certain way. And now my brain's like, bzz, 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 you know, just like all the wires yeah, yeah, yeah. blown up, you know? So yeah, it is it's definitely a very hard thing just mentally and emotionally. And like, part of me just wants to throw it all away and not think about it. But my mm-hmm. inquisitive nature is like, no, you got to figure it out. You need to find out what, you know, you need to get these things back on the bookshelf. Yeah, it does feel that, I mean, again and again and again, the people that I come across tend to be people that are very inquisitive. They, they just asked one too many a question. Yeah. And once you ask that question, whatever yeah. it is, for different people, it's slightly different. Um, well, then that must mean, what about this question? 
And what about this? And it's just, and then it just, it, it rapidly, right? It's like a rock slide, right? It's yeah. just like, we can't get up this ro- cascading sheet uh-huh. of rocks. Yeah. Um, and, and very, very rarely, I'm, I'm sure there are some people that go, wow, I'm going to deconstruct my faith and explore that. Maybe. I, I've not met anyone that over, and I mean, uh-huh. I do this for a living and I haven't met anyone that's like, I'm going to intentionally blow up my faith. Exactly, um, yeah. But there, there may be. Okay, so I'm, I'm not saying there isn't. But the vast majority, right? The 99.6 maybe, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this huge majority of people, generally speaking, went, huh, what's this? And like picked up a question and they went, oh God, Jesus crap. And just like, you know, <laughs> fell off a cliff, or, you know. You, you can't know, put it back, out, yeah. Right, that was the, the stabilizing block that was holding mm-hmm. everything together for yeah. you. Um, and that is, it's a really, really um, scary, scary journey. It, it's mm-hmm. really hard. And so how, how did this um, affect your relationship with your husband right because he was like a crazy heretic that didn't believe in like young earth anyway or or at least noah's ark or whatever like was was, he was a christian though right Mm -hmm. yeah he still is yeah he's still the same same person (laughs) so um where how is your kind of like rapidly shifting beliefs affected your your relationship with him your him i mean you don't have to talk about this if you're not comfortable with it either but i'm just fascinated by this now because i think a lot of people going through these changes um many of them have a partner that goes through them with them and others mm-hmm. have partners going what the hell is happening over there right yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's always interesting to kind of like um just hear people's stories so he kind of had some doubts when he was younger and he was able to work through those so he right. kind of went through this thing and he still he still found himself you know being christian and when we talked about this stuff, um, one thing that really helped me, he knows me really well. And he has a way of kind of reeling me back in, sort of, and like grounding mm-hmm. me. And that's been so, so helpful, even if we don't agree on some things, even, even if he thinks I'm going off the deep end, you know, because this is what it looks like. It's terrifying, right? Yeah. Um, I shared with my friend that I'm not sure if I believe in, in all of this. And she was like, crying and like i'm so sorry yeah. i'm like don't be sorry like we've never done this before and like if you think that i'm gonna go to hell you think i'm lost forever right yeah. i understand the emotion um so with my husband he he has this like very gentle he's probably freaking out <laughs> on the inside <laughs> I, I would imagine um there's actually a uh, cartoon by a naked pastor of like a couple sitting at a um at their coffee table having coffee the husband is a human and the wife she's like a demon and has like weird horns and whatever and he says are you done with your deconstruction yet i want the the good christian girl that i married back <laughs> Something right like that. yeah and that's like literally us right now you know mm. um but he's been very gracious and we've had some very difficult conversations so far so good um we we want to make everything work and you know i'm the thing is this is a process you know, I'm yeah. not going to be in this forever. And I might, I might go back to being, I don't think so. Like go back to being how I was. I might, you know, continue being a person of faith. I just don't know. And so we're just kind of sticking with it for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing that he said to me in one of our conversations was um, Christianity makes sense to him as a philosophy of life. Mm. Um, the Christian principles make sense as kind of like, they help to uh, control our instincts and our animal nature. They help to kind of become that 
greater person, the the Uberman, as uh, what's his name, Nietzsche, Nietzsche says. Yeah. So he comes at it from like a more of a philosophical point of sure. view. And I binged on a lot of philosophy stuff, not going to lie. Uh, actually, my laptop is on a philosophy book that's like about this thick. That's why it's so high up. Um, so the philosophical point aspect, um, it makes a little bit of sense for me as well. Sure. Right? Like yeah. We're these humans who have all these instincts and desires. And we have this consciousness to understand that if we act on our instincts, it could hurt somebody. So we have these ideas and these thoughts and these ways of being that help us to subdue those and control those instincts and desires and tell us what is right. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's kind of what's helped not to throw everything away. Right. But I'm still at this point where I'm like angry and upset that I was lied to and embarrassed at my old self and that I was like that, you know, so everything's still very, very raw for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so hard to navigate. I mean, it's about eight different directions we could go off of that one little mm-hmm. segment there. Um, but but I think that's a huge component understanding that Christianity, and I think this is a hard thing for many Christians to accept because Christianity is saying this prayer and accepting Jesus into your heart or you know whatever it is. But there's a whole other level of what Christianity is. Uh, which certainly it was for a long time before anyone was saying a prayer and accepting Jesus into their hearts, mm-hmm. um, which is Christianity as an ethic, you yeah. know, and, and, and as a way, right. It was initially called the, the way, way. Yeah. right. Yeah. It wasn't called the prayer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think that's a really beautiful thing that I think a lot of people as they deconstruct don't uh, now there's plenty of ethics within what has become Christianity that um, are basically throwbacks to bronze age kind of like, <laughs> approaches to life right so maybe some uh quote unquote christian ethics for maybe how we approach the lgbtq plus community or how we uh, empower even empowering right women or whatever you know like these kind of things okay ethically not so uh great to hold mm-hmm. on to but there's plenty of things within the ethics of christianity like loving your neighbor treating others as you like to be treated right i mean these mm-hmm. kind of components that are pretty fantastic right and and realistically most people that deconstruct aren't suddenly going to go woo now i can treat my neighbor like shit right yeah generally speaking maybe some do and maybe there's there's some sort of correction as well of like christians have been taught you should just be you know always forgive be a doormat you know be abused Mm -hmm. be hurt and people are standing up and going i'm not going to do that anymore that's a healthy thing i'm not saying we should keep a hold of those kind of um uh extremes or or warped kind of concepts but I think on the whole, most people will hold on to a lot of the kind of Christian ethics and philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. So it's, 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 I guess this must be really helpful that he can see that Christianity isn't just a prayer. It isn't just mm-hmm. going to a church. It isn't just, yeah. you know, towing the line or, or whatever that is. Um, it fascinates me as well that um, so when I was uh, doing our first set of research for the deconstruction network, the, the research we've been doing on deconstructing Christians, um, it really stood out to me the difference between men and women and their capacity to be able to stay in church once they deconstructed. Mm. Um, and so men are much, much more likely, about twice as likely to stay in church when they deconstruct or while they're deconstructing. Women oh. are twice as likely to just go, I'm out. I can't do church. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm really intrigued by that because I do think a lot of that is um, how women experience Christianity. And mm-hmm. once some of those, uh, those maybe less 
uh, healthy, maybe more primitive ethics, things like women being property and mm. subservient, which we're, we're, we're no one's saying women are property and subservient anymore, but we kind of are still holding on to those kind of components in a lot of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think once women start to deconstruct um, and they recognize, whoa, I don't have to, you know, I could speak to other people and I don't have to be quiet in a public building with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, things, you know, you could pick up the two Timothy and go, mm, there's different ways to look at that. Um, it, it does kind of, um, I think it, it makes sense to me that it's harder for, for a woman to kind of hang around in churches. Yeah. Did you find that component within your kind of church attendance that, that you found certain things that were very hard to kind of, um, still kind of, I'm trying to think what the right word is, be a party to or, or, mm. or just witness? Yeah. So the place I'm at right now is I haven't been, because of COVID, church is still right. closed. Handy. Um, yeah. So right. Silver lining to COVID. <laughs> right. Right. I've been able to like not attend. And at first I was listening online, um, kind of like, not even feeling it right now you know and just the thought of going back to church I don't know like because I've gone back a few times um when like we're able to have church in person the particular church that I attend gone back once or twice no once and but I was busy with my child because there's no more there's no more kids stuff there's no singing right now and so it looks completely different and I can't really get together with anyone anyways um, so it's kind of been like the whole church and kind of dissolved once COVID happened and all the, the shutdowns. And mm-hmm. I haven't thought about going back. I've, I've been looking at some places, some other churches here in, in my city, but, um, I'm just kind of thinking about it. My husband would like for us to keep attending sure. and I'm going to try to, if we can, but I haven't gone back yet. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my, like I, I have this Facebook group for christian slavic women um and there's like seventeen thousand people in this group um and i go on there sometimes and i'm like oh heck no i i want to leave the group but sometimes i mine it for content not gonna lie That's hilarious. um it's so, so like, handy right having these people like every now and again i do exactly the same i'll go yep. and like check out like i don't know john MacArthur, john piper todd yep. Friel, any of these kind of like who i would consider very extreme they're blessed they're doing all that is in their worldview to be able to do mm-hmm. but you go on and you're like oh my god that's gold i'm turning that into a meme. <laughs> it's so good yeah um, yeah so yeah. i've been kind of keeping those around and like the more i the more i see of what i used to be the more i'm like nah nah, i don't know i don't think so yeah. I, I don't want to be there anymore i don't want to associate myself with evangelicals i don't want to associate myself with fundamentalists or even baptists christians as a whole tradition as like you know in general I don't mind I still consider myself a Christian just someone who has a lot of questions and a lot of doubts and like some things don't make sense you know so that's kind of where I am now church-wise I'm not sure like I miss the community and everybody says that right like community is big friends friends for your kids um professionals that you can network with just like everything is there so kind of starting from scratch is hard but Ever since I moved from my small town and lost my immediate friend group, sort of, because I'm, you know, hundreds of miles away. Sure. Um, that already happened to me. And I never really rebuilt a very strong friendship group sure. ever since. So I feel like it's just 
taking a very long time and this is this the construction and COVID is making it take a little longer anyways. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> it's man, it is rough. The the loss of community, the loss of, you know, a place you can go multiple mm-hmm. times a week and be around people that know you, that accept you, that love you. If, if you believe the right thing, but you know, but yeah. taking that aside, like, there's something really beautiful and powerful about those types of communities. Mm. Um, and you can say what you like, right? I mean, even looking at your family coming over to America, it's like, dude, if you had had like a big com- thriving community of 50 plus families or whatever, you know, like that's, that's, that's incredible. Like, you yeah. know, that's, that's, you can't really, um, you can't put words to how important that is in a healthy component of just feeling alive and feeling yeah. loved and feeling like you're part of something. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's one of the things the church does well, well except yeah. it does it badly sometimes, but you, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that it provides. It's beautiful. And it is going to be interesting to see as time uh, goes on and, and things evolve, how people, because the whole world does this, right? I mean, it's like, it's not like people that have never been to church don't have friends and family and of course, community, yeah. right? Um, but I do think there's something really special about how Christians do it. I had, um, oh gosh, my, my brain, Claudine from, uh, I can't remember her full name now, Claudine Gallagher maybe, from uh, post-Mormon mental health. And we mm. talked about how Mormons do community and it's, I mean, it's oh next level, right? Yeah. You think you got community down, like they're like, on it mm-hmm. um but then they experienced the loss of that to a whole nother degree right because it really i mean you're really blacklisted and stuff as well um but it, i think it's gonna be really interesting to see as people coming out of those communities try and go quote unquote into the world or any of these kind of christianese language <laughs> I, it's so hard right it's like what what words do i use that aren't like yeah. super christianese um as they do that what they'll bring that's good off um, maybe some of the things that we did as Christians mm-hmm. and communities and stuff. I, I, th- I think there's a lot of potential for some really beautiful things to be happening. Yeah. Um, if we can find each other, if we can kind of connect and that's the thing. And, yeah. Know, there's one it. here, one here, one here, one here. Right. It's not, right. And not everybody like my family doesn't really know. They see me posting some sciencey things. Like I dare not post anything about religion on my like Facebook on right. my personal pages. Um, I don't even share most of the stuff from my meme page on my personal Instagram page, right? Probably a good call, right? <laughs> yeah. So nobody in my family really knows the depth of, not again, until they find this podcast, then they'll know. But like just my husband and a few of my friends who I've shared, and those friends are in different states. And, you yeah. know, um, I have just two friends here that know mm. how deep my doubts go, you know? Um, and I, I have a really close cousin who I've always talked to about everything. And um, I shared with her that I'm kind of doubting the whole Jesus thing, but I was just messaging her. And she just, she got offended. She reacted with offense and like, what do you mean yeah. you're doubting Jesus is the one thing that I hold on to and da, 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 da. So I had to lie and be like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> you know, not anymore. You know, I figured it out. <laughs> so like that's amazing it's <laughs> terrible <laughs> as well but it's so funny yeah. I'm, I'm like oh oh don't worry about that I, I don't think that anymore I, I did some reading and like God revealed to me that you know this is the truth and like, I don't know what. oh my gosh it's, yeah. it's so hard because you don't want to give these people that you love um this kind of like well, first of all right i mean how awful was this to go through personally you don't want to send anyone on this journey yeah. particularly if they're not yeah. ready for it and um and and wanting it on some level 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone ever embarks on this when they want it, but nobody wants at least no, slightly, want slightly ready for it, maybe, or, or more ready for it. Or, mm-hmm. um, but we can we can see in certain people in our lives, right? So you, you just mentioned, oh, I'm having a few doubts, and the cousin gets super defensive and mm. out. You're like, you're not ready for this conversation. I'm going to yeah. backtrack, help yeah. you feel safe. We'll move on, right? Let's mm-hmm. just not go there. Maybe in five years, who knows? Maybe yeah, five months. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but not now. Um, and, and it is really tough because it forces your hands to, to be inauthentic, to never really be yourself, right? I mean, how mm-hmm. many people go back every Christmas, Thanksgiving, and then pretend to be the old person just to oh, yeah. please the family? And on one level, that's a really loving, kind thing to do um, for their sake. But mm-hmm. on another level, it's, it's a really soul-crushing kind of thing yeah. where it's like, hey, mom, dad, you don't actually know who I am. Yeah, at quite a fundamental level because this is existential stuff, right? It's mm. not just oh, I, I don't believe in Santa anymore. It's like well, I don't even know what who I am anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or what life is. Yeah. These are huge, huge things, um, and we struggle not to take it defensively, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like you're saying with a naked pastor, you know, a cartoon. It's like your husband's like, oh my god, is she going to go to hell and <laughs> I'm going to heaven and we're never going to be together for eternity? And which which way is our kid going? Is he coming mm-hmm. with me or is he coming with her? And I mean, right. on some level, right? I'm kind of joking, but on some level, that's a low key kind of component. Yeah, and for a lot yeah. of people, that's very high key component, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's a big deal. Exactly. Um, it's a lot to navigate. It's a huge, huge degree mm-hmm. to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, part of me is like, I'm just not going to tell anyone anything, probably. Yeah. If they if they ask me, I'll tell them, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, I don't believe A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, although um, I spoke to a relative recently and they believe that like this is the end times and the rapture is coming like now and COVID is and Trump with Israel and all everything is you know adding up and they were just sending me videos after videos after videos and I didn't want to lie I'm like hey I'm not going to watch these I'm not interested in this I don't believe that corona is political and I don't believe that it is the end times and that's it and interestingly enough this person backed off and they're like oh I'm sorry for bothering you wow so that kind of gave me like a little bit of hope I -hmm. mean but this is a very small thing, you know, like, I, I don't believe this is the end times. I never admitted that I don't believe in end times at all. Right. But still, you know, small steps, yeah, yeah. baby steps, you know. I, well, especially when people, uh, in my experience, people that are like that, because believe it or not, people send me this all the time. I get this from not even people I know. Most oh. of them, I don't even know, right? It's like, <laughs> hey, Phil, you obviously should know all about how, like, you know, I just wrote a new version of the Bible and it points to how Corona is mentioned on every page. Oh. Or, you know, so why would you think I like this? What about me leads you to believe that this is a thing I'd be interested in? Um, but in my experience, people that are these so passionate, right? They're linking everything into the end times and this and that. Mm-hmm. They're not the most... Uh, reasonable when it comes to having a disagreement in, in my experience right so yeah. uh, i think that's a pretty good uh, a good victory there a good a good win uh, yeah. for sure um but it is and and yeah because i've had that conversation many a time and they go okay and then they just keep sending me stuff so <laughs> you know it's just, yeah. you've done pretty well there it's good that's funny wow mm. so do do you 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 talk about you still kind of see yourself somewhat as a christian on some level mm. but not really sure where you're at like do you ever think oh maybe there's um 
different avenues of faith that I might be missing or able to engage with? You know, you mentioned even in your your tradition of like you know being in ukraine like the orthodox church or oh. maybe the progressive church or you know like do you ever think gosh maybe there's a whole kind of pocket somewhere that like would kind of tick my boxes or do you do you feel like this pull away from christianity as a whole um what, what, where do you where do you see yourself kind of like heading going it's hard to know right but yeah yeah i'm intrigued mm-hmm. what you think <laughs> I don't want to like go from one religion to another and mm. like replace one fundamentalism with another fundamental fundamentalism. That seems very silly to me. Sure. Um, for now, the way I see it is I think I'm moving away from just belief in general because I'm more of like a facts person. I understand that science cannot answer the question of God. I understand that. And I understand that there's a lot of questions that, um, it does take faith, sort of, right? It's mm. um, and part of what I'm discovering is I might not be a person of faith, actually, just someone who just believes something without evidence. Um, so I see myself kind of in that camp, just moving away, taking the good things. Um, but I'm not sure when that's kind of where I am today. Maybe tomorrow I'll be like, let's sing praise and worship songs, you know, sure. and memorize scripture. So yeah. I see myself kind of moving away from faith in general um, because like you can believe anything. Anything is believable if you believe it hard enough, you know, and just examining what I used to believe and how I believe. And it's just like, I don't, looking back, I see that I was foolish in a way and I don't want to be a fool, you know, if that makes sense. Um, But then people will, people will come in here with scripture and be like, well, the Bible says that those who love the knowledge of this world made fools of themselves, right? There's that scripture verse. Mm -hmm. And that kind of plays in my head. And I'm like, ah, gosh, that's like such a, such a weird thing to navigate, right? Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's the perfect thing. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to create a religion, right, you need to demonize any plausible, reasonable kind of components outside mm-hmm. of it. So yeah, yeah, demonize facts, demonize, you know, rationality, demonize logic, demonize um, looking for evidence rather than believing blindly. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's a double-sided sword, right? Because if it's true, then yeah, sure. We're all deceived, you know, looking at, you know, archeological evidence or, you know, how old rocks are or whatever, like, Oh gosh, we've been lost. We've, we've been deceived and blinded by the enemy. But also if it wasn't true, it's a bloody good lot of writing to, to keep us trapped in that. Right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really convincing and it, yeah. it does kind of lock you in. Um, but yeah, once you step out of it and you look at it and you're like, of course it says that. Right. It's, uh, it's like, I read, um, what was it? It was Leah Romini's um, book about Scientology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've come across yeah. it, but um, it's a really good read. And But one of the things that fascinates me, because it's such a new religion, right? It's one of the newest religions. Um, mm. But uh, it, it's fascinating to me because this is a perfectly architected religion from the ground up. They've built it in such a specific way. And yet you're reading through it and you're like, oh, we have that. We call it accountability groups. Oh, we have that. That's called, you know, like, you know, yeah, black yeah. faith, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, gosh, this person just like basically recreated any old religion, which is some mm-hmm. slightly different tweaks of language, the, the, the goals. But at its core, the key components are 
don't believe people outside of this group, exactly. right? Yeah. So of course you're not going to leave that scientist. You're going to leave it in the scientist as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's fascinating. So the thing that fascinates me about Christians, you know, going all the way back to the answering in Genesis guys, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like someone with a PhD and maybe got it from the same place that um, Kevin <laughs> Hofer. <laughs> who right. knows? Um, who knows? Maybe his, uh, his beginning of his PhD is, hi, I'm Dr. Barry. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, he wouldn't say doctor, would he? Um, but, um, you know, you go back to those components and you go, oh, there's a scientist that believes in our particular uh, Christian bent. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, but he's Christian. And so for me, the thing that fascinated me and the thing that really, I think, was a nail in the coffin for something like Young Earth Theory mm-hmm. was that I was like, um, it's a bit like, have you heard Ricky Gervais talk about um, uh, the Bible? And he talks about um, why he believes why he holds to atheism as a rejection of all beliefs. And he says, well, let's look at the Bible as an example. He says, you've got the Bible, this collection of writings over thousands of years of people exploring God and God talking to them and they write it down and all that. So it's great. He says, now let's imagine we destroyed all the Bibles. We destroyed all digital copies. We burned all the Bibles. Um, Let's imagine we killed everyone that had ever heard of a Bible and somehow someone grew up in a cave, a couple of people, right? And knew Adam and Eve maybe, and they didn't know anything about the Bible. And thousands upon thousands of years later, there's a civilization and there's lots of people and they've reinvented cars and whatever else and planes. Mm-hmm. Would they have a Bible? Is that what they'd say about God? Would they record the same story, the same things about God? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. And that's why we know the Bible is not this black and white truth. Now, you'd have a lot of the same stories in the sense of talking about goodness and love and, you know, these kind of themes. And he's like, and that's what other religions have written, you know? And that's why we can look at all these religions and look at that. It's the same thing of like, you look at these scientists and you go, oh yeah, there's scientists that are Christian that say the earth is 8,000, 10,000, 6,000, I don't know, you know some variation of however we add up people in the bible which is a weird thing to do um that's cool that's great that's awesome you do that now find me any literally one scientist that isn't a christian that is a geologist or a geneticist or anthropologist has looked at all these different things in their fields and gone hmm all right guys from what i'm seeing the earth is ten thousand years old you'll never find one literally mm-hmm. zero and this is the problem is that if this was true scientists would be discovering it and then covering it up like we think right i mean yeah, somehow they'd be covering it up yeah. but like no one can ever cover up anything right you know what i mean like governments mm-hmm. can't cover up like like one like you know like over uh you know throwing a government in iran right and that only requires you know like 100 people how on earth are millions of scientists covering up stuff without you knowing yeah um it's, it's just so fascinating to me the um, I don't know why I went down this, this road, but I'm just so <laughs> fascinated by, um, yeah, how these authorities... It's the appeal to authority, yeah. 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 You hear, and you don't know about science. You don't know what science is, right? So like, well, this person's a scientist. And I've had a lot of people actually send me videos like, hey, the first thing they say, this is a Christian and a scientist. So mm. all this, automatically they're like up there, you know, and everything yeah. they is true and it's like well what are they presenting what is their source because i've been lied to before by a christian who claimed to be a scientist you know who presented sources that seemed legitimate and then when you look at the source 
like sometimes the the source at the bottom or whatever you'd follow the link and it would just link you back to their page about it uh-huh. or like another study that has nothing to do even with what they're talking about yeah. and it's like just look at the sources you know just yeah. follow the trail so j- just doing that homework that's kind of another thing is like not taking everything at face value because yeah. being a person of faith you do take things at face value you know jesus said i am the way there we go Jesus said, i am the son of god i don't know if he actually ever said that but like there we go he said it there must be true so yeah. i think it's just the way that we are wired and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's just well, it's kept us alive for a very long time right yeah right. like you take things at face value you keep your faith and whatever you know so mm. i think that makes sense yeah no it does it does it's just it's fascinating it's, it's just so frustrating and painful um and i'm sure we are frustrating and painful to many other people as well oh, in areas yeah. that we are not really looking into what we think or what we believe or maybe we're very frustrating to people because we do that as well i think that's a whole separate thing uh, but i think we're all uh, we all have our um confirmation biases that we fall mm-hmm. into and we all have our dissonances that we can't see through and and things like that but it is really, really frustrating. Uh, I think someone sent me early on when COVID was happening, they sent me a thing about how it was to do with um, 5G towers. Uh, or something. No, don't tell me that. He, he sent me this, uh, this link and, uh, and I was like, okay, cool. Click, scroll through. I think it was one of the first times I'd seen something about this. So I was like, okay, I'll quickly have a look through. And they listed three sources and I was like, okay, cool. Click. So for me, when I open up a thing, the first thing I do is I go, I don't know nothing about this person. So scroll right to the bottom, click on the sources. I don't even care what that person says. I want to look yeah. at the sources. Um, and so his article was like, does, is 5G, uh, 5G is linked to cancer and coronavirus and all these different things. And it's like, okay, cool. Right to the bottom, click on the source. And, and it, was a, it was a paper. And the paper mm-hmm. was, does, uh, is, is 5G linked to um, illnesses, terminal and, and temporary and, and coronas and flus and colds mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. And I quickly checked out the paper which most people would probably don't do because they don't know how to access academic papers and things like that um sorry no. anyway uh, <laughs> no one's <laughs> gonna pay 30 bucks to check out an academic paper no. or whatever no. anyway so i click on it scroll down have a look at the conclusion the conclusion is no so uh, their actual source said no, no. Yeah. but this person's never ever ever read it or if they have read it they're then deeply disingenuous where they're linking it anyway knowing no one's going to check it and it's a it's a source so that gives it credibility right i have a better story um somebody posted a uh an article not an article sorry a journal article um about 5g 4g and 5g shows to increase risk of blah 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 and i'm like oh interesting so i click on it it's talking about the alleles for they're called 4g and 5g it's some kind of genetic paper so if you have these alleles 4g and 5g you will have you're predisposed to certain risks <laughs> like this, this just makes me feel like this is what allergies. started this whole thing is like oh it's just painful yeah it's painful. so it's like it 4g and 5g does predispose you to these issues yeah. in genetics like yeah. not in it's, your phone it's nothing to do with electrical yeah <laughs> yeah and oh, I, man. I screenshotted that part commented on this person they deleted the whole thing they deleted the post well, and it's like that's something did you read the articles that you post i mean i'm kind of guilty yeah. of that i'll read we that. all do that right i mean yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. guilty of that as well and i've yeah. been people commented on something i've shared before and i'm like oh crap yeah you're right yeah. that sucks 
Um, no, it's, it's funny. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cool. Hey, well, yeah. it's been really fun chatting to you. I don't know if um, uh, you want to point people to how they can follow you. I know that you're kind of undercover right now, but Instagram's your best place. Is that, yeah. is that right? I, I have a blog that I started, but I'm not really writing anything there. And okay. everything kind of, I already pulled some things from my blog onto the Instagram page. So I think I'm just going to keep everything there. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure where I want to take it. Like, because it started as a meme page. It started as like, you know, let's debunk some of this young earth stuff. Let's poke mm -hmm. at it, you know, whatever. All in good, good spirits, kind of for good fun. Yeah. And then something happened. Someone shared something. God is gray shared some of my um, nice. posts. And I started, get, I started posting some, you know, uh, kind of political spicy stuff, some kind of poke, poking at the church a little bit at the problems, you know, um, I don't want to condemn all of it obviously there's a lot of good in that but there are sure. problems and uh like joe lumen says when we are not um when we are not questioning those in authority when we are not point you know looking at the abuse who are we protecting you know yeah. we're protecting the abusers we are protecting the powerful um and so I, there are a lot of issues let's talk about those issues let's try to get rid of those issues let's yeah. create less space for those issues to happen in you know for abuse of all sorts and whatnot um so that's the biggest problem that i have so i started posting some more like spicy stuff like that yeah people just started sharing and then yeah. like I remember in one weekend I had 600 new followers and I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> so I started sharing some of my, you know, personal stuff and I started getting messages like your account is the most uplifting place for me right now on the internet. Awesome. And I'm like, how? This is like unbelievable. You know, um, your account has helped me through this, your account this. And I'm like, what is going on? You know? Um, so I'm still like wondering where to take it. I've, mm -hmm. I'm, slowing down a little bit in terms of like trying to figure everything out because I was kind of like everything that I was doing was about deconstruction about purity culture about all these other things and I do I recently realized that it's a, it's going to take probably my whole life so I don't need to be consumed by yeah. it all so I'm trying to slow down a little bit in terms of like um the content that I'm posting I don't want to like bear my whole soul right away for everybody to see sure. sort of um so i'm still kind of deciding what to do with that but yeah science jesus memes that's where you can find it's me. a great account Probably. people you've got to check it out because honestly i love it i love i love that um that you're diving in a bit deeper i really do because mm. i think your your humor via the memes please don't stop posting memes because they're good <laughs> top tier memes in my opinion like i, I have shared many a meme from your page okay um but uh fantastic but i do think that there is uh your articulation of issues and mm -hmm. and your processing out loud which i think is an important part of the process right is to yeah. Go, yeah, uh, yeah this is something i'm thinking about like those are really helpful and impactful and those generally speaking are the messages you're getting where you're going this is really helping me mm -hmm. um it, 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 i think it's really great that you're kind of mixing all those in as someone that does mix kind of like a whole host of i have no idea what i'm doing i'm just <laughs> doing what i want um, yeah. and that's basically how exactly. i sum up what i'm doing yeah, yeah. doing what <laughs> i, I want people like it those who don't I, like it we're not gonna waste our energy on them you know unless they have it. valid points it's fine they there's plenty points. of places they can go yeah. plenty yeah. of places this is what i love about instagram it's like you don't have to follow me if you don't like me mm -hmm. it's a freak world you can do whatever you want um 
but yeah, like I, I like it. I like, and I think that's the, the way to do it for you. You know, you're, you're in this process. You, you know, you're only a few months in of like really starting mm-hmm. to unravel a lot of this. And like you said, it's going to probably take a while, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever it looks like, whatever it's building, whatever is deconstructing all that different stuff going on in the mix. Um, it's going to be really exciting to follow in and, and watch and, and you're already putting out fantastic. I think the, pr- the, the point of it being a journey, we're so used to people that talk and help others and uh, pastor or teach or lead or finished products that have the answer and we can get the answer from them and then we'll be finished products too. That's kind of a very like Protestant Christian mindset in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. When you start to realize, God, this is all like just an unraveling journey that we're figuring out as we go. We're building here and we're taking that apart and then we mm-hmm. build something in that place. And right, the bookcase, you know, we're chucking books yeah, over yeah. the shoulder and then we're putting new books we find and oh, well, maybe a plant there and maybe, you know. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, you don't have to have a finished product to, to, to share mm-hmm. your story and to, to share. And I, I think that's uh, really exciting because. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not going to run out of things either, right? It's, it's just what's and going on. That's the thing I like about deconstruction is there's no, like, I've had some of my friends be like, well, who are you listening to? What are you reading? You know, and it's like, right. I'm listening to everyone. And <laughs> if something doesn't vibe, I just throw that away. I'm le- yeah. learning to listen to people. Um, no more of that farewell, Rob Bell. This is a heretic. This is off limits. You know, it's just like right. everybody has something to say everybody has a valid experience and what i love about us deconstructionists we don't have a priest we don't have a we have some people who we really like right we don't have like a doctrine or uh, theology per se because we're all just trying to figure it out we're all just Mm. searching for truth and informing that with our experiences and if you know truth can be found in a lot of places it's not just this little box so i really love that like I can think for me. I don't mm. need permission from anybody. I don't need permission from like before, if I had a question, I'd be like on um, gospel coalition, you know, like, do they approve of this author? Ooh, they don't approve of this author. Okay. I will not read this author, you know, like, right. but it's, why, you know, just check it out. <laughs> just read it. You don't like it. Chuck it, you know? So that's really like a like great that. way to figure out what books you should be reading right now. Just swing by gospel coalition, see what they're saying. Like is the worst <laughs> book out there. Yeah. Like, cool. I'll check that out. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's so what, what is scary also. Right. Because our friends and you know, everybody who grew up in the church, we're used to having the straight and narrow path and it looks mm-hmm. like we're going off the path completely, but right. not, there is no path. There's a path that was forged for you that you think you can walk on, but there's like all these other avenues that you can explore and nothing's going to happen to you. You'll be fine. You know, just yeah, more than fine probably because you're going to grow and develop and learn more than you've ever been able to, because when you're so, when things are so rigid in who you are allowed to learn from and what you're allowed to learn, Mm -hmm. generally speaking, you're not learning anything. You're just kind of extract, you know, you're expanding on what you already believe. You're brewing the same. Giving a pat on the back for agreeing or whatever, you know, a a good sermon is one that you go, Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I knew that. And that's good. Right. Like, (laughs) it's just like, that's the worst day for me in my (laughs) life. You go to a church with three sermons that are 40 minutes long and they all are something I already kind of knew, maybe something from a slightly different angle. like give me some new stuff right go find me a heretic that says something different even if i disagree i'm like well that's interesting right or whatever um 
that's it's, it's exciting it's a, a whole new world of exploration um, mm-hmm. that we finally have permission to do or well that we finally discover we don't need permission. we don't need permission <laughs> right? yeah yeah that's true yeah. that's the biggest thing you don't need permission uh it's gonna be scary it's gonna get ugly and it if it happens it just happens you know it's like some people do shut down completely like i do not um, on Rhett and Link, remember how they were saying how they were talking to a friend about their questions and that friend was like, hey, I know if I start questioning, I'm going to lose everything, right? Because my whole life is bound up in yeah. this, so I'm just not going to go there. And that's for some, that's fine. Like, if you're not yeah. ready, you're not ready. But if this happens to you, like, it's scary, but you'll be okay. Yeah. It, it'll There's be no undo okay. button, right? So there the options no are sit in the corner crying or... <laughs> figure out a way to navigate it and start enjoying it and you know yeah. whatever and sitting in the corner crying is sometimes a part of that process it's okay, it's okay. Um, yeah. but you, need to. you know at some point you're gonna have to figure out okay how do i keep moving forward what do mm-hmm. i do with this this process and uh, yeah yeah and it can uh, take as long as you need to and like you don't have to figure it out especially if you're living a life you know right seriously i mean i'm lucky enough that this is my full-time gig like people are like oh like you know how do you know that or like you know how do you speak to so many people i'm like this is what i do this is all i do like i do nothing else apart from this um like i couldn't even imagine having to do them i get exhausted talking like you know people that you're talking to on instagram and chatting with i'm like that's tiring to me i spend a few hours a day talking Mm -hmm. to people on instagram hearing their stories helping them process and things like i'm like if I had to do that after eight hours at work, I mm-hmm. would just be like done. Like I would yeah. have nothing in me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in awe of people that are um, giving so freely of themselves or going out there or helping people, creating resources, people like yourself. That's a really extraordinary thing that you're doing because it's hard when I don't have kids, I'm doing this full time. Oh, okay. <laughs> my wife is like, have as much time as you need to do this. Um, you know, I put about 60 hours a week into this. Like, oh, wow. so it's like, I'm like, this is cool. I can do it all day. Yeah. Um, I have no concept for how, how you um, navigate doing this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the way that you're doing it. And so it's, it's amazing. I'm really in awe. Um, and I'm really thankful that, that you, you are because uh, you're adding so much to the community. You're, I think it's so important. We have more and more people that are normalizing this process that are showing people, hey, this is a total nightmare and it's awful and it's fantastic and it's fun and we can laugh and we can make fun of it and we can call out leaders and we can um, you know, champion things that are good in those movements as well as call out all the crap that's going on in them. Mm-hmm. And we can point out things that are wrong and we can bring science in. Now, all these components, it's okay, it's normal. Yeah, um, yeah. I think people need to see these as normal processes because this is a process that a vast amount of people are going through. Like it's one of the fastest growing movements in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people are somehow feeling alone. Yeah. Um, and I think people like yourself um, and other, I mean, there's so many people doing this now. Um, what's happening is you're helping people realize I'm not alone. You're not right? alone, yeah. I mean, I bet you've heard that in some DMs, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, yep, oh yep. my God, you're, you're helping me realize that, you know, like this is normal, that this is okay, that this mm-hmm. is whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's huge. That's a huge service you're doing. It's yeah, really I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. And like if my little meme page can help someone um, feel less lonely, feel, understand that, you know, what happened to them was wrong and that there's healing 
I've heard a lot about healing. Uh, mm. Some people are like, unknowingly, you helped me heal. And I'm like, I'm posting memes. It's beautiful. Like, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? Like, I will keep posting memes I if know. it means you're going to feel better, you know? Laughter is a medicine, apparently. I mean, I it is. heard yeah, that yeah. somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Somebody In a book that I burned, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, obviously, we'll stay in touch. And uh, um, yeah, but people go check out. So it's science, Jesus, memes. So science, science dot, dot Jesus, dot dot memes, memes yep. on Instagram. Yep. I'll put a link yep. in the, uh, the show note on YouTube thank and you. podcasts and stuff. But yeah, awesome. I uh, appreciate you coming on. I'm hoping, hopefully I was coherent enough because I'm feeling like very like not 100% with it. I've, my fever is like, I think all my painkillers and stuff are slowly kind of like wearing <laughs> oh, yeah. off. So. You go take a so, nap. Have some but yeah, that's it. I'm going to have a nap and then I'm yeah. recording another podcast in like an hour and a half. Oh my so. God. Wow. That's great. It's good. I really enjoyed chatting. It was great to meet you finally. You um, too. Have yeah. a face behind the elusive uh, personality. And yeah. so, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Cool. Well, all the best. Thank and, you. Uh, you as I'll well. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. So that was Christina from science.jesus.memes. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And so you can check her out over on Instagram. Do give her a follow. Let her know that you love this episode. Shoot her a DM. Um, and I'm sure she'd appreciate that and appreciate knowing that people have listened and, and been encouraged by it. Um, if you feel a bit like Christina and you're on your journey of deconstruction, of, of unraveling and, and re uh, imagining your faith um, but you feel like you're doing it very alone the deconstructionnetwork.com is a great resource for you it's completely free um, and it's solely there to help people connect with other people in their local areas um, and so do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com um, it's a great resource for people that are feeling alone and, and wanting to try and find other people in their local area that are going through this journey um, if you're more with a Christian bent and you're looking to explore what faith might look like, um, reimagined, thegracecourse.com is a great resource that I've set up. It's completely free as well. Um, and if you're looking for a more day in, day out community, um, I have set up a, per, a private discussion group for people that are partnering with me or Patreons. Um, and so for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to that group. You help support me. I do this full time. Um, I never ask for money in, in what I do and everything I do, I do for free. And so you help facilitate me being able to do this free full time um, and and getting resources into people's hands putting out a couple podcasts a week you know chatting with people on instagram for hours a day it really means a lot to me um and in uh as a thank you to you i can't offer you much because everything's for free but i've set up this private discussion group um and we chat day in day out um on different things um just how we're doing or we talk about theology or we talk about different spiritualities or we talk about atheism we talk about dealing with existential dreads now that we don't you know we're not sure what happens after we die that kind of thing um, is there for anyone that wants to um, dive in into that. And so if you want to find out more about that, you can find it in the link in my bio on Instagram or phildrysdale.com slash partner is a great place to go. Or you can search for me on Patreon as well. You can do it via that. And we also have a monthly video uh, Zoom chat um, as a group and, and chat about all sorts of stuff. And um, I'd always appreciate your support, but it is never required. I'm always here. Um, if you need me, regardless, I'm here to chat. I'm here to help you in any way you are navigating your deconstruction journey. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's just Phil Drysdale. Um, that's all for now. Later in the week, we'll be back with another episode. And so I'll see you then.